Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to the business of your mind. Yeah, I know y'all miss me. I know it's been a been a long weekend. If y'all on my personal Facebook page, you know, I was yesterday I was dealing with my baby boy. He was in the hospital with pneumonia, and a lot of you all sent me out your love, you know, regarding, you know, make sure that he was okay. Uh, that was a tough, tough situation. And now, you know, I get a I get an email earlier today from the school saying that we got a tropical storm coming to Atlanta. 2020, can you stop? <laughs> can you slow down? Give us a break. Good gracious. Well, we that is not what we're talking about today. We got a lot of phenomenal things we're going to talk about today. I got a very good friend of mine, somebody that keeps me out of trouble. Uh, you know, and a guy that I admire and respect and has a wealth of knowledge and you know on this show everything is about the mind and we're about to get in your mind right now and he don't know he got to do this so i'm letting him know he's watching right now that at some point in this show you're gonna have to do the exact same thing dr jackson so just get ready you know and we do judge we are kind of like uh Showtime at the Apollo on here when it comes to saying the business of your mind. If you don't come with it, you know, saying man come out on you and all that, all that stuff, you know. So you just better be ready for it because we gonna we gonna judge you, brother. You know, it's all love, but we gonna judge you. So you know, you don't, I don't know if you need to go get some Gatorade or you know something again. You know, five hour energy because I know you've been working all day, hard working man. You know, but today, today, today. We are going to be talking about things like triangulation. Also, this brother and I talk about a lot of concepts and things that you don't even think about the impact of your family on your just who you are. You 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 just really don't. Um, also, we're going to be talking about something called the end game. The end game, y'all see, I think y'all right now, y'all thinking about, you know, uh superheroes fighting each other, which is close. You know, there was an end game, but he made half of them disappear. And, you know, we ain't talking about that. We're talking about your end game. What do you want to do with your life? What is your what's your purpose in owning the business or having kids or having a marriage? What's your end game? Are you just walking around here with it nearly just, you know, hey, I'm here and I'm going to leave one day and that's what it is? Or do you have a real plan for your life? I ain't got the answer. Well, I, you know, I got some answers. You know, I think I'm a pretty smart guy. But this guy, Dr. Jackson, you know, he's got the the master plan and we're going to be doing some great stuff together in the, in the future. Um, but... Without further ado, I know y'all like, I did not get on here. I like I, I like hearing you talk, but I know you got somebody else that is much more <laughs> impactful and smarter than you waiting in the wings. So uh, this brother, for over 25 years, is a thought leader, business partner, change agent, educator, and coach. Rodney Jackson has positively influenced individuals and business leaders to achieve, including myself, greater effectiveness and op optimizing performance and introducing efficiencies, growing and expanding the organizations, facilitating complex problem solving and driving change among functionality. 
uh, yes, yes, sorry, functionally, culturally, and philosophically diverse teams, organizations. See, he even write too intelligent for me, you know. But uh, <laughs> his lengthy career in the church ministry began in 1982 when he joined Gospel, Tabern- Gospel Tabernacle Church. Rodney created a vision, goals, and plan that facilitated his journey along a diverse yet progressive career path culminating with his appointment as the organization's president and chief operating officer. Rodney has played a large role in Gospel Tabernacle's growth, helping to transform it from a small storefront worship center in a vacant shopping mall into a vibrant purpose-filled and service-driven organization with multiple facilities and a a renowned portfolio of ministries. Rodney factored primarily in the acquisition, planning, and development of the organization's facilities, guiding church elders and selecting the appropriate space to meet current and future needs and in planning how the space could be used. He also used his keen business financial acumen I do know that word, y'all. To capital to capitalize on opportunities <laughs> to purchase investment-only properties that helped restructure organizational debt and created ongoing revenue streams. You know, we know we talk about money in the mind around here, so you know we got another one on here, y'all. Y'all, y'all want to get wealthy? Y'all in the right place. In addition to creating and strengthening the church financial and operating position through his strategic, forward-thinking leadership. Rodney has been instrumental in developing core programs and services that have produced a significant positive impact on the church membership and those whom it strives to serve. For his efforts, he was named one of the top 50 ministers in the United States by Upscale Magazine. We don't bring no slouches on here, y'all. In 1992, Rodney joined the teaching faculty of Beulah Heights University. And, has, and was subsequently named Dean of Extension Programs, a position in which he drove increases in student enrollment through the launch of extension programs and the religious tracks and, and the religious studies degree tracks. Rodney's value to Beulah Heights is well documented, and he is he was awarded the distinction of being named the Teacher of the Year for five of his 10-year tenure. He's a bad mother. While he was <laughs> always active, as unofficial consultant and business advisor to many who have crossed his path, Rodney formalized his desire to transition into business, consulting with the launch of his, hold on one second, consulting with the launch of his consulting practice, Be Transformed Incorporated in 2006. Rodney draws upon his multidisciplinary background to serve nonprofit philanthropic. And faith-based organizations providing invaluable guidance to the executive leadership of a myriad of organizations, leveraging his expertise in organization development, change management, business development, and expansion and financing to assist in meeting and exceeding the organizational objectives. As a confidential advisor and coach to executive leadership groups, Rodney demonstrates an innate and understanding of key business drivers. Most importantly, Rodney is highly effective at leveraging his extensive education, experience, knowledge based in driving organizational effectiveness and performance improvement to effectively align organizations and their resources with stated objectives in order to achieve optimal results. Rodney's academic credentials include a bachelor's degree in accounting and business administration from Morehouse College and a master of divinity degree in Christian education and counseling 
from the Interdenominational Theological Center and a doctorate in psychology for all you crazy listeners listening. He can also diagnose you with your ailments and help you out a little bit. And organizational development from the Marshall Goldsmith School of Management and Alliance International University in Fresno, California. Without further ado, and this next statement is no homo, but this man is a bad mother, sexy for all you ladies out there. And I don't need to say that. I don't need to say that. But this is a bad man about to come on this screen, and I just want to introduce my brother, Doctor Rodney Jackson, onto the show. Thank you. Thank for you. For me. <laughs> It's great to hear you. I got to change the vowel. That's too much information. That's a lot, man. But, man, that's that's you on paper. And I I really had to put it all out there so that everybody could really understand how how important it is and how blessed we got to have you on the show. Yeah, well, let me just update one part. Now I'm the academic dean at Beulah Heights University over leadership and business, over all the academic programs. So that's where I am now, transitioning out of pastoring to totally in education. Uh, See, I told y'all he's a bad mother. Y'all, look, hey, (laughs) y'all may want to bring out your, your, uh, your, yeah, uh, trapper keepers. Y'all remember trapper keepers? <laughs> the trapper keeper notebooks in school. Uh, bring out your trapper keepers and your your college rule, wide rule notebook paper and your uh, your your recycled copy paper and everything else you got because I assure you that there will be plenty of note taking and dime dropping opportunities on this show. So. Dr. Jackson, how has your 2020 been and what are you seeing as it relates to like people dealing with one of probably, if not one of the most uncertain years in the history of the world, in my opinion, definitely a year that has that like everybody's just afraid of everything. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I have had the opportunity to see it up close. And uh, I think that the biggest thing for me in, in watching and observing is that the majority of people have not been handling it very well. Mm. Because, uh, you know, as, as human beings, we're used to certainty and we're used to habit. But in a time of uncertainty, it upsets our balance. It, mm. it throws us off. So I have seen people struggling with uncertainty and change. Okay. And so with that, I mean, you have a vast background. Not only do you have, you know, the, uh, the traditional academic background, but you also understand the, the spirituality behind things. So with that, how, like, what type of advice are you giving people? You know, that if somebody comes to you, you know, and they're just freaking out like this the end of the world and you know, and they're basically giving up because of you know, or or they have a wait until things turn back to normal, which 
I believe normal is gone. Like the there's a, there's a new normal, but we ain't. I don't see us ever going back to where we came from because it's like we're dealing with a a a, a disease or a um, a virus that literally does not go away. Like with your flus and your coat, like that stuff is typically seasonal. This thing just stays, and so many people are expecting for it to just you know to be like the flu. It's gonna it's gonna come and I'm gonna get a shot. But I mean, how do you do that with something that that you know that that doesn't go away? So, so with that, how are you leading in a, a in a, in a time of uncertainty? Well, I the way that I lead and 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 this Felipe, you talked about my spiritual background, but a most one important passage of scripture for me in the Bible is Romans twelve and two, where the Apostle Paul said, "Be not." Uh, be ye transformed, you know, be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, how by the renewing of your mind. And that word renewing in the Greek simply means by the deconstruction and reconstruction of how you think. Mm. So if you can change the way that you think, you can change your reality. Now, I'm the first to admit changing the way that you think is going to be one of the hardest things that you ever do in your life. Absolutely. But it's going to be one of the most profound things that you can do for yourself. Mm. So I, I help people to, 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 to make that mental shift. Okay. Uh, William Bridges write a book. He says, it's not the change that do you in, it's the transition. And in that particular book, he talks about the transition being a psychological mental shift to handle a new reality. So I help people at the intersection of changing and making the transition in order to handle this new reality that we're living in. Mm. Man, and when I tell y'all that what he's saying, when I I think y'all thought I was playing because I do play a lot, you know. But when I say bring out, oh, I forgot also bring out your thesaurus and your dictionary um, in case he drops some words in there that got you know twenty five syllables. Uh, that you may have never heard before, because <laughs> no, 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 he's a, he's a, he's either a very relatable guy, but um, he you helped me through some through some change, um, you know, and gave me an understanding and clarity of this thing that we call family and its impact on you. Yeah. Um, and I really feel like this year those coping mechanisms that we either had or did not have are really showing themselves this year because of everything that is happening. And you're seeing things like divorce rates increasing. A lot of, you know, people are just stressed and not knowing what to do. So can't, I want to, I want to spend a, 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 a decent amount of time today with us talking about um, some of the concepts that that um, and, and things that mold us to who we are and beginning with family, because I believe that's where you start, right, is with that family unit, because that's what the center or, or, or the, the uh, beginning of everything and how the role of family can help you, can either hurt you or help you in times like this. Yeah, family. It all. I believe it all starts with the family. And and let me just say this: I have three simple steps. And the first step is explore. The second step is expand. And the third step is evolve. So in the exploring stage, 
you got to go back to your family because who you are and how you are functioning now was shaped by you in the family that you were born in. Uh, the whole emotional process, how you relate, how you uh, disconnect, how you navigate relationships. The only way you're going to discover who you are and be able to break the cycle is that you got to understand the emotional field that you were born in, and that's your family. Now, mm. I'm not saying everything that your family did was wrong, right? but there are some things that uh, happens in every family that uh, form a pattern of relationship or how you relate. And it's, and and most of the time you're unconscious that is guiding how you're dealing in the now. Mm. So in order to, to, to understand that, you got to discover the family uh, that you were born in. You got to discover the relationship patterns, the uh, how the family processed things, where you were in that family, your position in that family. All of that has shaped who you are today, right now, in mm. this very moment. And a lot of people are unconscious of that. So how do you how do you get people to, I guess, to have a greater understanding of the impact of that and and I guess to get out of that? I mean, because you can't change your position in the family, but you can change I would think your perspective or the impact that it had on you, because now you understand, because I know that's what happened to me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Once I, once I, once you showed me my family with all the spokes and wheels and little, you know, and the, <laughs> you know, and you show me like, wow, like this is like very eye opening. Like that, that allowed me to better. First of all, forgive myself right. because there are a lot of things that we are hard on ourselves about. It's like, part of my French, but hell, we didn't know no different. Like if you were raised in an environment where everybody smoked crack and you, and you, and, you, and that's what you saw all your life was people smoking crack. You thought crack was the thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you know, I always say your family set you up for either success or failure. Mm. And you're not looking back for the blame game. Right. You're trying to discover what is driving you and how you can take responsibility for how you think about it, how you process it. Mm. And that's what expanding is all about, introducing you to uh, new ways of thinking about it. Because if you're going to shift the way someone thinks, you got to in introduce them to new mental content. Right. It can shape the paradigm or reshape the paradigm. So, uh, it's not looking back for the blame game, but it's looking back how you can take responsibility once you can uncover what is driving you in your choices and decisions in life. So mm -hmm. it's about rediscovering, exploring that, exploring um, relationship mm -hmm. pattern, exploring how you think, exploring... Um, uh, the choices, the, the the root of your choices and decisions. So uh, that's the beginning point. And it, it takes courage to look back. It takes courage to grow up Absolutely. and take responsibility for your life. You can't continually blame because your parents were doing the best that they knew how to do. Absolutely. But now how do I help you take responsibility? 
How do I help you forgive? How do I help you let go of that? And how do I help you embrace the new possibility for your life? Mm. You just said a a mouthful on that one, man. I know um, I used to walk around here thinking that if I was the exact opposite of my dad, that I would be a great guy. But what that ended up turning me into was a people pleaser and somebody that was always trying to not be what he was, but not really being who Felipe was. And Felipe never, never addressed his own needs because I was trying to prove things to women or whomever that mm-hmm. I am not like my dad. My dad left me, you know, my dad did this to my mom. So I'm going to be the best man I can be to you, but I ain't asking you for Jack because that ain't what I'm looking for. I'm looking to prove that I'm not my dad but neglecting my own personal needs. And I think so many people do that. So with that, how do you, um, so when somebody's going through this transformation, um, what are, what are, what are some of the things that you have found that are helpful for them to not, like you said, not blame because I think I think especially in today's society, like every not, not everybody, but a lot of people want to play the victim. Like we have a lot of like being the victim is like the thing now. You know, if you're the victim, I'm the biggest victim. You know, and but there's nothing liberating about being the victim. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a mindset. I think that the thing of it is, and when you know you and I were working together. You know, first of all, you have to discover the emotional process that your parents brought into the relationship and understanding that emotional process that they brought from their family and looking at the the triangle that you were born in. You know, you talked about triangulization. Mm-hmm. Well, the major triangle that you're born in is that triangle is the parental triangle mm-hmm. and looking at where you were located in that pre- parental triangle and making sense of how you took a side, uh, either for your mother or and against your father. Right. For your father and against your mother. Mm-hmm. And, and to look at how that intensity of that triangle impacted how you tried to escape it. And mm-hmm. as you see it, you tried to escape it by saying, I'm not gonna be what my father was. Right. And I'm not gonna be like him. But Once your brain get hardwired and you're unconscious to the fact that you're mimicking what you saw. Right. So the question is now, okay, now that you see this, uh, do you want to continue this way or do you want to make a choice? What's the best choice or decision for you that's going to work for you? Right. Mm. Told y'all, y'all was, yeah. Your brain might explode on this episode, y'all. So just be careful. Uh, if you if you got, I, I see you, Chris Coda. Uh, if anybody has any questions in the chat, make sure you you're chiming in. We are paying attention to the to the chat tonight as well. Um, so with that, as people, if you don't, what's the danger in you not? Uh, I I want to use the I don't want to use the word catch, but for lack of a better way of saying this, if you don't. If you don't catch your or catch or change that behavior later on in life, like is that you know because you hear about things like generational curses, which a lot of times is just generational patterns. Yeah. You know, 
I like that terminology better than curses. Right. <laughs> right. And, and, and as a matter of fact, a generational emotional process. Mm. You know, so when we're talking about emotional process, we're talking about how you think, how you react, and, and how you uh, make sense of your reality. So, right. you know, where the danger that if you don't catch it, then you can never maximize yourself. You can never live up to your potential. And, mm. and, and that's what's in danger, is you living up to the potential and living a life that you desire for yourself. So, mm. you know, taking that inner, journal, inner, inner journey and self-development is, is something that you have to take responsibility for. Right. Because you said, if you fall into the blame game and the victimization, then you're going to use that to limit your potential that God gave you. You yeah. know, you can, uh, and the victimization can paralyze you from taking a leap of faith to become what God has created you to be. The epitome of yourself. I always tell every. I, I always tell my clients that you know when I'm when I'm coaching clients or um, that one of the things that I believe that every human being has a superpower. Yeah. You just got to find it. Yeah. You know, and um, I also you know with us with that last conversation we were having regarding the you know the the um, the generational patterns or emotional I also feel like not calling it a curse gives you control because a pattern you can change a curse sounds like something that I am supposed to be in because I've been cursed but if you are able to identify and the reason why I'm like this is because my grandmother's mother was like this my yeah. grandmother was like this that's not a curse. That's something that you just need to break. Just like I hear people, you know, talk about, you know, I'm predestined to have a certain disease because I ran in my family. Well, if you keep eating like <clears throat> you were raised, yeah, you might, you know, now, of course, there are certain things that are genetic, but a lot of this stuff that we're calling, oh, well, you know, my mama, you know, she had the sugar, so I'm going to have the sugar too, you know, <laughs> like, you know, a lot of this stuff, yeah, if you eat in the same way you ate and she ate that way, and like, I remember I was uh, with, with a young lady, I, I didn't know, because you remember I was, I was real small when you first met me, and her family put sugar in everything, like sugar and collard greens, sugar and macaroni and cheese, sugar and green beans. I think it was, I think it was sugar and the sugar. Like it was, sugar was in everything, and I didn't know. But her family, everybody was morbidly obese, and that was why because you put in sugar and stuff, sugar don't belong in. Like, but it's like, so it it changed my anatomy. Because now I'm getting all this sugar that I've never eaten before in every meal, not knowing it. And all of a sudden now, you know, instead of being 180 pounds soaking wet, Felipe, Felipe, I gained 80 pounds, you know, and unbeknownst to me because of because of what was in the food. So I'm mentioning that because when you start thinking about the, you know, generational curses and being predisposed to this and 
you know, you even have people in the African-American community, you know, a lot of us, racism does exist, but racism should not control us. You know, a, a lot of times I feel like people want to have an excuse to not do something, so they'll blame it on something else that's external, so that that way it takes all the pressure off of them. You know, because I'm too short, because I'm too tall, because I'm dark, because I'm light, because I'm whatever. So with that, how do you help people become that, become the maximum, the, 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 what I, what I call the epitome of themselves? Well, I start with this premise here, and this is one thing I operate out of. I believe that anyone can change their life. I believe that uh, you can change your life. But in changing and how you change your life simply starts with how you think. It mm. starts with the mind. It, it, for me, that's the foundation. Starts, hold on, hold on. It's, it starts it's, with the mind. It starts with the mind. <laughs> All right, just want to make sure. <laughs> it, it starts with you can't get around that, you know, because uh, it simply comes down to changing the way that you think, and mm. and, and and that's the fundamental principle that I operate from. I don't care what situation you were born into, uh, uh, what color you are. If you change the way that you think, you can change your life, mm. change your perspective. This is how you think about it, how you uh, 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 make sense of it. And, and that's where the conversation has to start with what are the patterns that you are unconscious to that are driving how you function. Mm. So in, in the Black Panther movie, they had a saying, to be woke. Well, it, it starts with consciousness. It starts with waking up and realizing, I got a choice. Right. I got a choice to the emotional process or the multi-generational emotional process that's been driving my family. Uh, I don't have to accept that emotional process. I can mm. change it because God gave us the ability as uh, species or uh, created in his image right. that we can think, we mm. can make a choice. Mm. So it starts there for me. And, and, and that's the point that uh, I work with uh, individuals with is how do you make this mental shift? How do you make this transition? How do you make this psychological shift to handle a new reality? Mm. And that is, uh, that is, when people realize how much power that they have and stop giving it away, Yeah, you become unstoppable and you, Earlier on, you had mentioned, um, you know, people, you know, freaking out, you know, about 2020 and um, and people. And my thing is that there are people make becoming millionaires every day in 2020. But there are people on the other side of the spectrum that are just, you know, that are not looking at this as an opportunity to find yourself, find your passion, find your purpose. They're looking at it as a way to further become a victim. Because of 2020, I can't. Because of 2020, I am 
you know, because of 2020, you know, I lost my job in 2020, so I'm not. Whereas you talked about the, the scripture, and of course, I am not a biblical scholar, so I cannot quote exactly which scripture it scripture was. Romans 12 and 2 says, Be not conformed to this word, but be ye transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Now, if I could translate that in everyday language, do not allow this world to shape the way that you think. Mm. But to go a radical change process. How? By the reconstruction and deconstruction of your mind. So continually changing the way that you think. Uh, we're in a time of uncertainty and a time that change is taking place, but most people resist the change right. because they want to hold on to what is comfortable, what is uh, habit, so that life can continue to be the same. But God created us as evolving creatures. Right. So we are evolving. We are growing. And when you stop growing, your opportunity stops. So I have this thing that um that I that that I that I honestly believe is that there is no such thing as this. You either you either going in a positive direction or going in a negative direction. You're going up or down, right or left. There's no such thing as your life just being flat, where you're just in a neutral space. Because either you're growing or you're regressing. There's no such thing as I'm just, I have learned everything I'm going to learn, and I am just here coasting along in life. It doesn't exist. Yeah. When neuroscience, you know, the study of the central nervous system, of which the brain is a part of that, right. is that the brain never stopped growing. Mm. That 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 you continue. We think that once we become an adult, right, we stop growing, but it doesn't stop growing. You know, the more you give yourself new experiences and the more you open yourself to new knowledge and new information, it continually expands your brain. So. Mm. There's no such thing as reaching a plateau and that's it. There's always new discoveries, new information. Matter of fact, the, uh, looking at the learning curve or the knowledge curve, knowledge is doubling at an incredible rate now. Absolutely. Double, you know, every five years now, it's doubling every 13 months. So wow. the information you had let, uh, uh over the past 13 months is outdated now. So we continually have to avail ourselves to new information. You can't think critical if you don't have the right information. Absolutely. To make sense of your reality. As you said, there are millionaires that are being birthed. There are new industries that are taking off Absolutely. in this pandemic. But those new industries are taken off by individuals who can see beyond the present reality. Absolutely. And see into that which does not appear uh, with your eyes. As a matter of fact, you don't see with your eyes. You don't mm -hmm. see your eyes just simply gather the information and transmit it to your, uh, to your brain, and your brain tell you what you're looking at. So you really see with your mind and not with your eyes. With your mind, y'all hear that? 
you, you see with your mind. I know he ain't doing it right, y'all, but it's, it's all right. That's all right. We'll forgive him. But um, from the south, I can't do that. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So that's one thing that I learned, you know, through all my trials and tribulations, especially 2018, when God just got me quiet. You know, and only show I tell you, God, you know, the universe, whatever you subscribe to, whoever you're listening and watching, um, it got me quiet, and it and it got me to learning out so much about this. And when I when I when I figured out how much this controls everything, this is the yeah. the the greatest computer in the universe. Like this 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 thing right here, we we. Nobody knows everything that it's capable of. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. You know, think about it this way, Felipe. Brain mind, and I say brain mind because the brain is simply the physical organ that create this activity for this entity we call the mind. Mm. But the brain mind is the only organism in the body that can create the experience before you experience it. Wow. Now, I want you to think about that. Wow. The brain is the only organ in the body that can do that, that can create the experience. For instance, I always use this example. My favorite dessert is apple pie. And it's an apple pie with the vanilla ice cream on top of it that the pie is hot enough to melt the ice cream and the, and the uh, uh, ice cream is melting over the apple pie. Now, just to be telling you that 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 that's uh, situation there, you already have tasted, but it's not in front of you. Yeah, I'm hungry right now, brother. Like, why you do that, man? We, we got we got a we got a whole forty minutes left. So that, <laughs> so that's the thing about the and what most people don't realize about the mind is that you can have the experience before you ever physically have the experience. And that's, you know, the power of positive thinking. That's the power of uh, being able to, you know, from a spiritual perspective, we say we call those things that be not as though they are. Right. So mind has the ability to create the experience. And Oliver Wendell Holmes said, a man's mind stretched to a new dimension. It's impossible for it to go back to its old state. Mm. So, as you say, when people begin to realize that, God gave us a great gift when he created us to be able to make a choice, to make a decision. Mm. Yeah, so so many uh so many people discount that. And I know like when I was going through my what I want to call my wilderness experience in 18 and you know losing my mom and all this stuff, um I started really understanding exactly what you were just saying in the sense that most of the things that we, that stress us. So stress itself a lot of times is you worried about something that has not even happened and probably ain't even going to happen. You know, like things like anxiety. Like, so I, that year I had never been an anxious person, but that year as my mom died, like I was, my, my anxiety was through the roof. And so you're projecting mentally for whatever reason, our D our, a lot of our defaults is not to project or think about 
the positive thing that can happen, but the negative thing that can happen. Yeah, the mind is the brain mind is wired to go negative. That's our programming. Yeah. Program to think negative. Right. You know, from a child up, you know, you you start off very uh uh expecting things, great things. You talk to a child and and they have no limits on their imagination, but right. they can socialize. Mm. You begin to start thinking in limitations, you know, through school, through family, through all of those social agencies that 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 shape the way that we perceive ourselves. And we start right. thinking limitation here from our community. You can't do that. Yeah. You know, for instance, you know, you go go through school and say you want to be a uh, a medical doctor. We're depending on the school. It, teachers and begin to tell you, well, maybe you might need to think about something else. So we get talked out of our potential or socialized out of our potential. Right. And uh, so, you know, we start putting limits on ourselves. So we have to reprogram our mind. And that's what Romans 12 and 2 is talking about, is this change process is going to come by deconstruction, tearing down paradigms that we have allowed to be developed in our minds and 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 re and rebuilding our minds to think and see the impossible. Because mm. as Nelson Mandela said, it's always impossible until somebody make it possible. Mm. So, That's a profound statement. So, so it, it's about how do we reprogram our mind? And that's what education is all about, reprogramming your mind. And I tell people all the time, you cannot make change unless you put yourself in a structured environment that's going to hold you accountable to the change process that you're trying to undergo. Mm. The caterpillar goes inside the cocoon. It cannot become a butterfly outside the cocoon. Right. Comes a butterfly in the cocoon. So that's that structured environment where transformation and change can take place. So you got to commit to a structured environment. And 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 I tell, I was talking to my nephew, and I told him, I said that anything you want to be successful in, whether it's finance, whether it's physical, whatever the area. You got to put yourself in a structured environment where the information that you need to make the transformation in your financial life, in your physical life, in your relationship life can be communicated to you. Mm. So you need that structured environment that's going to hold you accountable to the goals that you're trying to achieve in your life. Mm. Priest, brother, we thinking about raising our, or raising our offering for you. I think somebody put it in the chat. Uh, <laughs> but just having a conversation, we're having a crucial conversation here. <laughs> no, no, this is this is this this is good stuff, man. And it's like, um, what are the things that I that I started to to understand and learn was that the same energy that you use to have those negative thoughts 
if you transform it into positive energy, so just like all that bad stuff was happening to you, yeah. you start having positive thoughts. All this good stuff is gonna start. Like it's it's just a it's just the the uh, the way that it works. And we released a video maybe about a, about a week ago where we talked about you know people's mindset. Mm-hmm. And if you're constantly saying that you know. I hate going to work and my, my, you know, my job is horrible or, you know, I've got the worst spouse in the world or my kids are bad and all this negative stuff. And guess what? All you're going to see is how bad your job is, how, you know, how, how much money you don't have. Like I don't come around me talking about you, you know, you are using the B word, you know, I don't care how much money you think you don't have. Don't ever say that. Because what you're doing is, is that, and that's biblical too, right? Is that we were, the world, the world was spoken according to the Bible. So what we say is, is what we're going to have. So if you're constantly speaking, because again, your mind does not understand what's a positive or a negative as far as if you say, I I, I, I am broke. I don't have your, your mind takes it as a command. Well, it's, it's not only biblical, it's scientific. Right. That's right. Right. It's it's scientific that your cell, every cell in your body, uh, listen to the way that you think it, it Mm -hmm. eavesdrop on your thinking. So it, it, it is, you know, it's not only impact you at a psychological level, but, it impact you at a physical level. That's the reason you have terminology, psychosomatic, which mm. means that somatic means that the soma, the body, the body plays a part in the illness. And the illness is what the body is following the instruction of the mind, of how you're thinking. And mm. it's been proven that um, patients that have cancer, that had a positive attitude, most of the time, they were healed from their cancer, or they recovered. A person having, uh, you know, doctors uh, in the emergency room did a study where um, individuals who came in who had a cardiac arrest that they helped recover. But you know what they discovered is that that individual would be back again because that individual would not make the choice or the decision to do what it would take to keep him or her from coming back to the uh, emergency room with the same. Mm-hmm. So it, it starts, it's with, you know, your thinking, how you processing it, because every cell in your body eavesdrop on your thinking. Mm. And it's going to produce that result right because it thinks that, that that you're giving it a command okay you <laughs> all right all right so you want me to go out here and all right so we ain't got no money all right so I, i'm not attracted to anything there will be no opportunities for you today sir because you know, that's <laughs> yeah life is about it's not about if it's going to happen to you but life is about how you respond to it right you know the decision choice and how you respond to it uh, and and sometimes we don't make the right choice and decision. We see it as a negative, but then with the right mindset, since you you mentioned mindset, the right mindset said that this is simply 
just a stepping stone to bring something great out of me. It's all in how you think about it. It's all about your perspective. And I believe that, that everything is about your perspective, how you perceive it, mm-hmm. how you process it is, is the key to how do you navigate life. It's not that things are not going to happen. They're going to happen. I tell my students uh, in the PhD program that when I have the open conversation, I say the first thing I want you to know, life is going to happen. Absolutely. <laughs> and I said, now, I want you to know that over the next three years while you're in this program, <laughs> life is going to right. happen. But the question is, how are you going to respond to it? How mm. are you going to stay focused and keep pushing through? Because I don't want you to think that just because you're in this program, life is going to stop. Right. But it's going to happen. You're going to have challenges. Uh, you're going to have things to happen, but focusing on completing the goal and how you respond to it is what you got to master in order to achieve what you come here for. Mm. And one of the so one of the one of one of uh, another video that we uh, released uh, was dealing with uh, the greater the setback, the greater the setback, the bigger the. Uh, the bigger the comeback. And where I got that from was one of my mentors that I, uh, guys, he's a millionaire businessman, owns multiple companies. And when I, when I went to go meet with him, when I was going through my own wilderness experience again, uh, in, in 18, uh, his perspective on me going through a divorce, losing my mom and losing 80% of my income was, he was like, man, wait a minute. He said, you're going through all that at the same time. You have no idea where you're about to go. Like that's in what I equated that to. And you, you talk about science and all this stuff being scientific. And that's exactly where he went with it. He said, Felipe, he said, if I gave you a rubber band, put a gym clip in it. If I did, if I, if I pulled it back this far, it would only go so far. But what just happened to you was, <laughs> You got pulled back all the way, all the way back here. So, and the amount of resistance that you have on a gym clip, it it goes uh, exponentially farther than that, based on the amount of energy that you have. And he was like, "You've been, you've been taken all the way to the end with rubber band. It's, it's about to pop." Yeah, you know, and you don't realize that. If when the universe does that, and then you going back to the Bible again, you look at the story of Job, and like, so when things happen to you, as you said, it's all about perspective. And when he changed my perspective, because I ain't gonna lie, I had a man, what did I do <laughs> to deserve yeah. this? And I and I started to understand that man, no, nah, what this is is this is me becoming that diamond I'm supposed to be. Yeah. This is me you know, maximizing things. So can you try it on that a little bit? Yeah, you just remind me, John Maxwell writes a book that's titled 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. Mm. And he talks in that book about having a growth plan. But one of the laws of growth, uh, one of the the, uh, the 15 laws, he talked about the rubber, he talked about the law of the rubber band. Mm. He said, in order to grow, you got to be stretched. Mm. And, and and the thing of it is about the mind is that one of the ways to change the way that you think 
is that the mind depends upon mental content. And one of the mental content is skill the, mm. uh, and, and experiences. The more experiences you have, it grows your mind. Right. In, in that law of the rubber band, the more you are stretched, the more the potential for you to grow. And as you said, when you got stretched in that situation, it, 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 it triggered your mind to begin to think and function at a whole nother level. So what John Maxwell said, you know, that you can't grow unless you're being stretched. Mm. So, uh, and that's what most people, and that's the reason I love reading the story of successful people. And when you read the stories of successful people, you see that that success didn't happen overnight. Absolutely. And their success were full of many adversities and, and situations and, 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 and things that they had to overcome. Absolutely. But I tell people, you got to fall in love with the process if mm. you want to be successful. And the process, life is going to happen. And it, I mean, and to be honest with you, uh, I actually like it when it happens the way that it did because that's 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 been my my <laughs> how things happen because if it happens drastically, in my opinion, I feel like it's because you're taking drastic action. So it's so because you're like, no, nah, I'm going now. So for instance, the difference between somebody saying I want to start a business and then they started on the side while they're working at the job and they got the security of the job is only going to grow so fast because they're, you only have a limited amount of energy, but somebody that like I did when, when I first got into financial planning, I said, all right, baby, we're about to move in with your mama. Uh, <laughs> we're going to move in with your mama for a minute. Um, you okay with that? All right. You cool. All right. Then cause I'm jumping, like I'm jumping all the way out. Cause I would rather, get all the pain now in this little small window so that that way I can fly because I know that the pain is only here for a short amount of time. So I'm not, you know, really, you know, really, really, really a word about that. So with that, with, with that thought process and you, 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 I think you, you were about to go there. You got to know what the end game is. Yeah. You got to know what the end game. And another thing too, as I coach people, because I coach, you know, high-functioning people, one of the things I always ask them in, in those situations that you alluded to, what is life trying to teach you? Mm. At this moment, what is life trying to teach you? What uh, is life trying to get you to focus on mm. that you might need to change about you? So, and, 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 and that's how that question of, of the end game, because I raised that question, well, what's your end game? You know, what what is your end game? And, and I raised that with students, you know, coming into that I have to advise as they're coming into the university to start their journey. I asked them that question, what's your end game? Where do you want to see yourself 10 years from today? Mm. Where do you want to see yourself after your education is over? Right. And, and and I raised that question to challenge them, okay, this is going to end. You're going to graduate. But your end game is going to be for the rest of your life. Right. And and, and Simon Sinek in his book, he talked about the infinite game and he talks about 
uh, draws from the game theory where he talks about there's two types of games that people are playing in their life. They're playing either the finite game or the infinite game. Mm -hmm. The finite game is made up of rules that you have a beginning, you have a middle, and you have an ending. And somebody is going to win. It's going to be over. It's much like most sports uh, games. You know, we just saw the Lakers defeat uh, Miami. Well, that was a finite game. It had a beginning, it had a middle, and had an end, and the Lakers are the champion. But right. next year, there's going to be another uh, NBA championship. Mm -hmm. So the finite game is played by rules, but the infinite game is not played by rules. And mm -hmm. the infinite game is not, the goal is not to win, but the infinite game goal is how do you stay in the game? How do you continue to stay relevant? How do you continue to have an impact? Right. So, you know, I try to encourage students, you need to play the infinite game. It's, it's not about winning, but it's about how do you continually stay in the game? So I raised that question, what's your end game? You know, it's, uh, uh, as you and I was talking about, with a succession planning for leaders. What's your end game? What, what does that look like 10 years from the day? Because the more you start thinking about that, it's going to inform how you should be functioning right now mm. as you go through this process. So I, I, you know, that's, that's just been a critical question for me in order to help me understand that it's not about winning, winning or losing, but it's about how do I stay in this game? Mm. And I often uh, quote you. So I don't know if your, uh, if your ears are ringing from time to time, you get a little, you know, your ears start burning. Somebody, but I quote you a lot because that I remember when you and I were talking about the finite game and the infinite game that yeah. resonated with me because it allowed because it freed me from allowing other people to control the narrative in my life. Yeah, exactly. And with that, once you and I and I'm and I'm I'm always now. Telling, telling my coaching clients and my just and my you know anybody that asks me for advice that why are you concerned about that person when they're trying to keep you inside of a box? You know, do you want to be? Do you want to constantly be fighting with their perception of what they're trying to do to you, or do you, or do you want to truly live? Because the world is much larger than some, what somebody is projecting onto you. And I've taken some NLP courses and some other courses that have, you know, where now I'm able to help people understand that, you know, a lot of times when somebody is calling you something or saying something about you, it ain't got nothing to do with you. They are projecting themselves onto you and they want you to feel like it's about you, but really it's about them. So don't even worry about it. Yeah, when you have an end game, you you're operating with purpose and destiny, right. mm. and 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 that is what your conversation is all about. But when mm. you're playing the finite game, you you're stuck in the right now. You're stuck in trying to compete. Simon Sinek in his book Infinite Game, he tells this scenario. Uh, he has spoken at a Microsoft conference and. Everybody at the micro at the Microsoft conference talked about how they were going to beat Apple, how their product was the best product, and, right. and it, it was far better than Apple. So he left that conference and got in a cab, 
And he, the other guy that got in the cab was a guy that worked for Apple. And he began to tell the guy that worked for Apple that Microsoft, I just left this Microsoft conference and they say that their product is far better than yours and far superior. And the, he said that the Apple guy said, it probably is. And he said, he realized in that moment, Apple was playing the infinite game. Right. Because what they was focused on was how could they make education more affordable and more effective mm. inner city kids. Mm. Purpose. When you have a when you're playing the infinite game, you don't have time for what you think of what someone think about you or how someone is just because you're driven by purpose. You're driven by destiny. You're trying to stay in the game. You're trying to do something that your name will stay in the game forever. And when mm. you look at successful people, they are playing the infinite game. They're right. not trying to create something just to make money, mm. but trying to create something that's going to impact the world. And mm. that's when you look at somewhere like Steve Jobs, his destiny and his impact will live forever. His whole goal is, um, as um, Simon Sinek says, that, you know, start with why was that Apple wanted to make computers fun and sexy. <laughs> so you, you see that even though Stephen Jobs has transitioned, right. I tell you, he had an end game. Mm-hmm. So it's not about, you, you're not going to be at the head of that organization, a church or whatever you're doing forever, but what's your end game? What is the legacy you want to leave that will keep you in the game forever. Hmm. Now that might be a bit too much, but <laughs> you know, you I'm, I'm pretty sure some heads exploded over here. You know, we'll probably be saying a uh, Amber Alert, uh, you know, for missing for missing minds. You know, trying to find people's minds after this, but man, that's a minds. <laughs> <laughs> but that is, but that is that is good stuff, man, because. I'm always, uh, when you think about, you know, people that operate in lack, you know, uh, that, um, I feel like, you know, there isn't enough, so I got to take yours. But then you look at the world, you look at, hmm, did Amazon close Walmart down? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like that when, when Tesla came into the market, did Chevy leave? Did Ford leave? Did Mercedes leave? Did so there's enough for everybody. And that's also what I take from that statement regarding the end game and the infinite game. Everybody, whatever your purpose is, you ain't got time to be worried about the competition. Yeah, you want a piece of the pie, or you want to make your own pie. And I want to make my own pie. Yeah. I'm not and it's and it's a mindset. I think that that's a critical point here tonight, that it's a mindset. And and one thing about the biblical text, and, and that was the reason that drove me into psychology, because I wanted to find out that, you know, people coming to church and hearing all of this stuff preached every week, and yet they're not making changes in their life. Mm. And I wanted to find out what what's the hindrance here. 
And that is what led me to seek my doctorate in psychology because I knew that it had something to do with the mind and how you think. You know, is 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 for me. That's my answer. Is that if I can change the way, if I can help you change the way you think, I can help you uh, open up your possibilities in life. Mm. That's basically the renewing of your mind. I mean, you know, you. It's it's been something that I have studied for the past. 20 years and 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 I want to say to everybody out there listening hey I get it changing the way you think is going to be the hardest thing you ever do in life mm. I can guarantee you this it would be one of the most rewarding things that you can do for yourself absolutely if you can make a a a, a 10% mental shift it's going to have a great impact in your life and what what typically does that once somebody makes that shift, what impact does that have on everything around them? I know the answer, but I just want you to yeah. <clears throat> kind of hammer around, hammer that home a little bit. I, I, I believe that if you want to change a society, uh, change a family, if you can get one person that's committed to making that mental shift and changing themselves, it would change, it would upset the balance and change the whole community. Mm. It, it, it starts, it would begin to impact because that person would be functioning at a whole nother level in how they deal and interact with everyone in that. And when we look at it, Martin Luther King made, uh, a, made a, a decision about pursuing uh, uh, nonviolent, peaceful uh, demonstration and leaving, leading the civil rights movement. He had opposition, but because he made a decision and he stuck to it, now we look at the results of his work still continuing today. He was playing the end game. Mm. You know, every year we around January and his birthday, we're talking about the work that he's done, that he did. So if you can get one person that's committed in a family, in an organization to making a change or bringing about a transformation, it will impact the whole organization, mm. the whole community and family. Mm. And, and I, what I would what I what I would say in, in my experience to that, just a piggyback on that is that um, you also because I'm, I'm always telling people, you know, a lot of the old adages that we listen to are, you know, you are the sum of the five people you hang around the most. You are strong as your weakest link. All of that stuff. It also starts to change, starts to tear away or remove those people that weren't supposed to be there. Yeah. And, and I tell people, like, the brain is a muscle. You have to exercise it. Mm. You have to exercise it every day. And how do you exercise it? By the mental content that you expose it to, by the conversations that you're a part of. Mm. You're the smartest person in your group, then your group is really uh, limited. You know? <laughs> yeah, putting yourself in situations where your mind has to be expand, and that's what I mean by expand. 
introducing new mental content that can shape your perspective or reorganize your perspective and how you're thinking about something. And then evolving is putting yourself and becoming accountable to a structured environment that keep you growing. You yeah. know, there's no end game to education. Education yeah. is for life. <laughs> you Just can't. You leave this planet. <laughs> you can't. There's no end game. So you you're forever evolving. You know. Right. You know, I graduated from from you know got my you know doctorate, but education is still evolving. You right. know. The learning curve is, is that education is doubling so fast that every six months you got to update yourself. Wow. The new information that's coming out there, you mm. know. Uh, you know, I grew up with there were no, no uh, um, self help lines in the grocery store. You had to stand in the line. Right, right, right. <laughs> But now you got self-help. I grew up where you had to um, go pick stuff up, but now they delivering stuff to you. Right. You know, you used to go to the, the you know, during this pandemic where you used to go in the mall where I'm discovering the, the, the wonders of Amazon. That right. I on Amazon. <laughs> so, yeah, basically. So, so this world is changing. This world is forever evolving. The only thing consistent is change. So mm. either you change or you begin to die. Mm. Which one do you want to do, y'all? Y'all want to change or you want to die? And to that point, you know, with me being in financial services, you know, and working with actuaries and all this other stuff, one thing people don't understand is that the uh, is that often statistically, when people retire. Within 18 months, they pass away. And the reason for that is because a lot of people, when they retire, they actually, they, it's like they retire from life. And it's like you're telling your body, I'm done. Like, I ain't trying to, you know, like, hey, I'm finished with you. So to your point, you constantly need to be learning, evolving, and doing something. But if, but if you look in those cultures, like a lot of Asian cultures where, you know, the mortality might be 90, 100 years old. Everybody continues to have a function in that family. And I know we got like eight minutes left. But so to, to your point, you should constantly, you should always be evolving and trying to change and, you know, and trying to just learn because like you mentioned, I mean, I remember growing up, not going to tell my age, but, you know, growing up, you know, we used to pull up to the, the gas station, the man come out and pump the gas. <laughs> when the last time you seen a full service gas station? You know, so what if you didn't know how to use a, uh, you know, if you're not a pump gas and you were willing to change because you were used to going going to the little full up or or going to the little store that, that uh, you drove up to and they had the little the, the milk and the eggs and all that, you know. I mean, you just just think about this stuff. So we got a couple of minutes left. So what do you want? Is there anything that we did not touch on that you want to talk to the people about? We got about seven minutes left. Well, uh, you know, this this topic, you know, I, I get excited about it because this is what I have organized my life around, even in the classroom and as a professor, as a dean and 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 
over academics at Beulah Heights University. And one of the things is that I'm there to shift your perspective. I'm not, you know, I tell students, I'm not telling you what to think, but I'm here to challenge you in learning how to think. Mm. When you learn how to think and take responsibility for yourself, you open up unlimited opportunities Absolutely. for your life. Mm. My three simple steps is simply explore, expand, evolve. Mm. Explore, examine your life. Look at what has shaped you. Look at how your thinking has been programmed. I'm not saying family is bad. And, and, and family, our family does do, do a lot of good things for us and give us a lot of great values. Right. Those things that, that have hindered you and hurt you, you need to explore that. You need to work through that. You need to um, take responsibility for moving forward. And the only way you can take responsibility for moving forward, first of all, you got to dis- discover where the landmines are. Where, where the emotional landmines are in your life, the emotional triggers. And then expanding is all about being open to new mental content that can help you transform your thinking, make that mental shift. And then evolving is, is, is developing a structure, staying in a structured environment, making a commitment to a structured environment that will continue to keep stretching you and that you keep evolving. Um, so anything, all of the stuff we talk about, if you didn't hear anything else, I want you to hear those three words, explore, expand, evolve. And that's what I, that's where I coach from that intersection of those three words, you know, to, to take you back mm-hmm. and to help you understand what happened to you and to understand it wasn't your fault or help you understand what you need to take. But moving forward is your responsibility. And having a new way of thinking about it, it, it can help you see something differently that you have not been able to see that will cause you to move forward. So mm. I just want to leave this audience with that. And, um, uh, you know, it's just a fascinating um um, opportunity for me to work with people and to inspire people to live their potential because God put it in us and you're not going to be satisfied until you're living up to the level of the potential that God has placed in you. Mm. Man, I was supposed to have a, a church choir and an amen button this week, but it, I wasn't able to program the button because I knew you was coming on, so it ain't working. But, uh, <laughs> man, that is the phenomenal stuff, man. Um, man, uh, shoot, I don't even know, man. I, I just want to drop the mic on that one, but we, we you know, we, we can't, we can't leave like that. We can't leave like that, y'all. I know y'all want us to. You know, but that was I we man, I, I appreciate you coming on, man. Um that was a phenomenal like just you you just you just dropped so much knowledge on us tonight. So how can the people, um, if they need to reach out to you or, you know, do you have a, a presence online? Like how can how can, you know, but he, he might, you know, he might be selective now. You don't know. You know, he might be like, hey, hey, look, I just came here to talk. Don't bother me. <laughs> so, but. 
<laughs> you know, right now I have presence on Facebook, Rodney Jackson, you know, on, on Facebook and also on Instagram. And um, um, people, you know, I have a contact number. If people want to contact me, they can contact me at 4466333367. So again, 4466333367. So love to, you know, talk with them if they want to reach out and contact me but i'm definitely on facebook and uh also on instagram so looking at establishing a more global platform absolutely uh, yeah but uh, but this is what i do this is my life purpose is to inspire people to maximize their potential and it starts with just simply change. It sounds simple, but you know, but it's profound. If you can really grab a hold of that, if you can simply change the way that you think, everything becomes possible. Man, so basically what he just said, y'all, is that you get the business of your mind right. You look, you would change your whole life. And did y'all see that? I ain't have to change not one cuss word doing this show. <laughs> no, they, I'm trying to find the unique way to change the MFs and the 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 the, the, the bees into more, you know, pleasant things. Because I also uh, Dr. Jackson, you don't know this, but my my niece watches the show. She's 18, you know. But she told me that she curses now. And I'm like, wait, hold on, wait, wait, wait time out, <laughs> hold on. So, but I want to thank you for coming on the show. I want to thank everybody for watching. And again, this is the business of your mind. I I, I was gonna have Dr. Jackson did. He 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 did it a couple of times. Unless he want to do it. You want to do it, Dr. Well, Jackson? You know, I got a southern accent, so that doesn't work with me. But you know, I'll be let me say the business of your mind. Okay, so that's my you know, business right there. Absolutely, absolutely. There we go, y'all. I we appreciate y'all. So let me thank you for for the opportunity to be on here. And I just want to shout out I'm at Beulah Heights University that's located in East Atlanta, eight ninety two Burn Street. It's a university that's been around for 100 years. We have uh, academic programs in religious studies as well as leadership and business, and, and we have a PhD in leadership. And I am the academic dean over those programs. So come by and visit us. Uh, give us a shout out. Amen. And we are out of here, y'all. Love y'all. See y'all next time. And this will be on YouTube here in the next couple of days. Got you, got you. We love you all. Peace.